Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Do I have a stacked show for you today on a Friday after the wonderful Christmas holiday, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Rogers, former NSA director um, and who may be a white knight in the Spygate scandal is talking. But what exactly is Mike Rogers saying to the investigators? Hmm. This has been an open question for me for the past two years. I got that. More evidence the impeachment farce is blowing up in their face. Leftist media is actually turning on Roswell, Rachel, and uh, and, and maybe Chuck Todd and the Russian collusion hoaxers, too. It's going to be a loaded lineup today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. It's Friday, so I'm it doing is. great, we- and it is a loaded lineup. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, though, this is the... Tuesdayest Friday we've ever seen. Yes. Because of the two days off, it feels like Tuesday. It's a very Tuesday Friday, mm-hmm. which is good because Tuesday and Thursdays are always our most listened to it, shows. It really so feels maybe weird. today. Yeah. Right? Isn't yeah, it? It's it the Tuesdayest Friday ever. All right. Let's get right to it. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Helix Sleep. Listen, thankfully, oh. I have a Helix Sleep mattress. Let me tell you why. Last night, in the middle of the night, my oldest daughter came running in in a panic. Daddy, my oldest, not my youngest, you got to kill this bug. I'm expecting to walk into her bathroom and see a monster palmetto, maybe a mutated spider that's like six feet tall. (laughs) What was it, folks? It was a mosquito hawk, which is not even scary. (laughs) It's not even like a real bug. It's like a fake bug. They don't they like attack mosquitoes. Yeah, man. Bottom line is I had a tough time going back to sleep. If I didn't have my Helix sleep mattress, I would have never went back to sleep. Helix Sleep, why is their mattress so good? Because they have a quiz that takes two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. You a side sleeper like me, a hot sleeper like me, you like a plush or a firm bed. I like it a little firm. With Helix, there's no guesswork, no more confusion, and no more compromising. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. If you need a new mattress, if you're thinking about a new mattress and you're not going to Helix, forget it. You already made a mistake. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. Get a mattress customized to you for the best sleep of your entire life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick the mattress up for you if you don't love it. You will. Don't even worry about it. Right now, Helix Sleep is offering $200 off all mattresses for our listeners. Go to Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan. Helix, sleep.com slash Dan for up to $200 off your mattress order. Helix, sleep.com slash Dan. Go today. You will not regret it. We love this mattress in our house. All right, Joe, let's go. Ding, ding. So before we get to the, I'm going to call it unanswered spy gay questions. It's going to focus on Mike Rogers and what Mike Rogers may be saying and what Mike Rogers role in the exposing of the Spygate scandal will be, because there's a big controversy about that. I want to get to a few stories first. First, I want to tee this whole thing up by talking about how even leftist media hacks who are no friends of ours, believe me, I'm not giving them any credit. These are people who could have seen through this Russian collusion hoax a long time ago. What's happening now, folks, so you understand how I set the table, is leftist media hacks are starting to realize that they're going to history is going to humiliate them. In other words, Joe, being on the wrong side of the Russian collusion hoax and telling people the dossier was real and collusion was real. It's now starting to come out that you're a moron. I I, I don't know any other way to say it. You know what I'm saying, Joe? I I always use this example. And forgive me for the regular listeners. And Joe's probably heard this a thousand times. But having grown up in New York City, it reminds me of the David Dinkins reign as mayor. David Dinkins was one of the worst mayors in the city's history. But because he was the first black mayor, there was this loyalty amongst liberal media types where they felt the need to constantly defend him. The the city was falling apart. Nothing to do with him being black or white. The city was just in terrible condition. He was a liberal. Liberalism hurts everyone. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. It's just terrible. Bottom line is, after Rudy Giuliani got into office and the city turned around and people started to notice streets got cleaner, crime rate was lower, the economy was booming, the media started to say to themselves, guys, we're going to look like idiots here in New York if we don't start to recognize that Dinkins was terrible and Giuliani <laughs> turned it around. You know, in other words, you can lie to the people for so long and then after a while you have to somehow save face. I promise you, you are seeing that turn now. Now, This is not, please, 
This is in no way meant to save these lunatics. They're all hacks. They lied to you forever. They know they lied to you and they thought they could cover the lie almost in perpetuity. But now they're starting to figure out, okay, let's see. If I come out and turn on this person first, maybe history will save me. You get it? In mm. other words, the collusion hoaxers are saying, if we turn on the biggest collusion hoaxers first, maybe history will say, okay, well, that guy was a collusion hoaxer, but at least he turned on the bigger collusion hoaxers yeah, first, yeah. and therefore he's okay. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. you dig? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Do, you get it, right, Joe? Yeah, okay. Sure. So what's, it, what's the evidence of this? Legal Insurrection, one of my favorite websites run by the excellent William Jacobson, has a piece up today. Be in the show notes. Always a must read. Go to Bongino.com slash newsletter, subscribe. We'll send the show notes to the show right to you, okay? Peace up by William Jacobson. Again, we ask, why isn't Rachel Maddow treated like other crazy conspiracy theorists? The gist of this piece is this. If you read it, it's worth your time. William Jacobson, I have a screenshot from it in a moment, but Jacobson covers how other leftist media types are now starting to turn on Rachel Maddow, who, Joe, on the... Mm -hmm. How do we describe it? Totem pole of collusion hoaxers, right? Yeah. Rachel Maddow was at the top. She yeah. pumped the dossier every night. It was great. Pieces of it were verified. It's going to be verified. This oh, is yeah. legit. Trump's working with Russia. Maddow, as Sean calls her, Sean Hannity, which is a great line. Roswell Rachel. Roswell Rach was pumping this thing every night. So even media types who only mildly promoted the collusion hoax, although they knew it was false, are now giving a, getting a pass to turn on her, figuring they can save themselves. So this piece just mentions a few. Put up the screenshot from that piece. Uh, one of them's from The Guardian, a, a Ross Barkan, and the other one is Eric Wemple of The Washington Post. So here, here's a, a, a quote from this uh, this slate piece. Maddow was not only certain that Russians had rigged the election, <laughs> false, on air she would talk about the, quote, continuing operation. <laughs> the idea that the Kremlin was controlling the Trump presidency itself. This is laughable stuff. In more sober times, this brand of analysis would barely cut it on a far-right podcast. In the Trump era, it was ratings gold. Maddow was much smarter than this, but the siren song of ratings is too difficult for a TV personality to ignore, especially when a television network is transformed from an also ran, talking about NBC, into a contender. And Maddow's ratings were great. They're now collapsing because people realize they've been lied to. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Wemple of the Washington Post, who again is not into like truth and journalism and investigative reporting, he's a hoaxer too, did a scathing, brutal takedown of Rachel Maddow. Yes, in the, not the Washington Times, which is a good yeah. outlet. The Washington Post, a hack fake causing the darkness they say democracy dies in. Remember, democracy dies in the darkness. Right, They're caused, right. They turn the lights on. Wemple in the Washington Post, I'm telling you, did a brutal, savage takedown of Rachel Maddow. Again, this guy deserves no applause. He right. was like, a, he, 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 oh, the information that the dossier was fake and the collusion hoax was a hoax was available to anyone two years ago, but they just didn't have the guts to do it then. So this guy deserves no applause. I'm simply suggesting to you that there is a totem pole of hoaxers and the people at the top who were promoting the hoax the most are going to start to be cannibalized by the people at yes. the bottom of the totem pole yes. who think they can now salvage their lost gutted, uh -huh. horrible reputations by destroying the people who promoted it at the top most. And Roswell Rach is number one. They shall eat their own. Yes, it was coming. Thank you, Producer Joe. That's how a lot of conservatives yes. are made. <laughs> by the way, you have your own little fan club brewing what? out there. I get a lot of, you have to send you an email. It's actually kind of fun. I'm getting a lot of Producer Joe emails. Starting to oh worry me a little gosh. bit. Okay. They have to start the Producer Joe show. <laughs> by the way, folks, we, I, no, I'm serious. We have a, another YouTube channel for show clips. It is ours. I got an email about it this morning. It's youtube.com slash Dan Bongino show clips. That is our channel. It's a backup channel where we just put clips of the show. Please subscribe to that too. It is it is our channel. I got a question uh, about that this morning. Cool. Maybe we'll put a producer Joe show on oh there. People gosh. would love that, right, Joe? Yeah. Sure. But a weekend weekend recap with producer Joe. Oh gosh. Um, but you you get what I'm saying, right? They Absolutely, are going to start dude. to cannibalize their own, and the people who only lightly promoted the biggest hoax of our time are going to start eating alive the big hoaxers, assuming that they can say later on when history calls them out. No, no, look what I did. I called out Roswell Rach. <laughs> now. Notice, whenever I include the dumbest people in media, and of course, you all know the scale, 
We do. Brian Stelter, the dumbest, <laughs> the gold medal winner of dopey people in the media. Chuck Todd is always number two. We'll get to him in a second. The silver medal of dopey. Malcolm Nance, number three. Some of you may notice that, well, damn, why don't you include Rachel Maddow? Because, folks, Rachel Maddow, I'm telling you, is not dumb. That's why I put that snippet up from the leftist in Legal Guardian and Legal Insurrection, who they, who they quote. The problem with Roswell Rage is she's not dumb. She's actually very bright. Yeah. That's not a compliment, by now, the way, folks. I'll go with you on that. Yeah, she is. You, you understand where I'm going with this? The, yeah. See, Stelter's just dumb. Chuck Todd yeah. is even, is, is, is almost dumber. Yeah. Almost. It's a close okay. one and two. Nance is really dumb. I believe me, I spoke to him in a van at Politica. This guy is one of the dumbest guys I've ever met. Ra Roswell Rach is smart. She, in other words, ladies and gentlemen, she did this on purpose. Like, Stelter has an excuse. You know, he's a George Costanza wannabe. Like, George couldn't yeah. help himself in Seinfeld. He's the King Costanza. Chuck Todd's just dopey. They're just dumb. Like, they're just stupid people. Roswell Rach is smart. She did this on purpose. Now, you don't believe me how stupid Chuck Todd is? <laughs> Look at this piece at Axios. Again, be up at the show notes and at BonginoReport.com, our new aggregator. We are taking over for the Drudge Report since they went left. BonginoReport.com. Axios, a site I try not to quote to because they're left-leaning too, but this is a good piece. NBC's Chuck Todd. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. What? NBC's Chuck Todd claims Republicans have an incentive to spread misinformation. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, this is hilarious. And it proves my, my worn now out hypothesis that Chuck Todd is the second dumbest guy in media. Only by, and it is close, only behind Costanza. Chuck Todd, who maybe slightly below Rachel Maddow, has been one of the lead Russian collusion hoaxers for two years, dares to give an interview where he says Republicans spread disinformation? Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is real. This is not the Babylon Bee or the Onion. This actually happened. Chuck Todd, proving to you, ladies and gentlemen, that this dude has no ability. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the dumbest of them all? Not you, Chuck. This guy has no self-awareness <laughs> at all. He's pausing. Right? Not none. Zero. He has been the lead hoaxer for two years. He's talking to him. How about an apology? How about an apology to the GOP who nailed this story from day one? Not, not a quote that we're the ones spreading disinformation. Ladies and gentlemen, I may have to, may, it, because Stelter's really dumb. It ah. will be really, I may have to adjust my scale and make <laughs> it like a tie for number one between Chuck Todd and Stelter. Folks, there's a bigger point here. And you're going to see it happening. I told you. I told you this is, this is not a, hey, look at me, self-praise. It's not. It's just a brief tutorial from someone who lived through it and ran for office himself. I told you two years ago, more than that, that the collusion story was an absolute hoax. You all knew it. It's not just me. It was tons of people who knew it who were doing the investigation behind the scenes. Strassel, Sarah Carter, Solomon, Jeff Carlson, uh, Chuck Ross, the list goes on. Lee Smith goes, I, I, forgive me for the Hannity, Levin. We told you, and I said to you two and a half years ago, that history will not be kind to these people who are promoting this hoax. I said it. We can pull the cuts. Eventually, even the most far leftist radical media, which we're living with today, has to reconcile with America that they weren't telling the truth. You know why, folks? Think about it. It's not hard. Because we're not stupid. We're smarter than them. Journalists portray themselves as the intellectual elites, but they're not. They're not. They're two steps below where working Americans are who can figure it out. And after a while, they had to reconcile the truth. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this went on a little longer than I expected today, but it's important. That day is coming. Pat yourselves on the back. All right. I wanted to briefly get to this story about impeachment. I'm going to go back to the Spygate stuff in a little bit because there's some un unanswered questions and some breaking news on that. But I've got a lot more. I've, I've really got a ton of stuff to get to. No. Um, impeachment. Showing you again how the impeachment fiasco has completely imploded on the Democrats and how Democrats who are usually 
And I've given them credit on this. Their ideas are always dumb. Their ideology is, 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 is destructive and dangerous. But I have said in the past, and I, you know, I, I will say again if, it, if it's true, because it, it serves as a fair warning to Republicans to be wary, their tactical smarts are usually better than this. And Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have completely blown it tactically on the impeachment front. It's a, folks, listen to me. I don't care what your Democrat friends are telling you. I please disregard it. It is one of those moments where, you know, you fall in the street and you think people see and you look around, you pretend it didn't happen. The Democrats are now pretending this isn't happening. What's actually happening. And what's happening is this poll from Real Clear Politics. Hat tip Matt Gates for putting this screenshot up on his Twitter account. Real Clear Politics poll average. Not a not a right leaning outlet, by the way. They asked the question, do you favor Trump's impeachment and removal from office? Look at this poll, ladies and gentlemen, taken from December 11th through December 23rd, the period when the impeachment happened. And you would think all the evidence was presented and support for removal from office would go up if you're a leftist. Leave this up again. If you're making the argument that during the impeachment process, when your best case has been put forward with the Democrats made. If your argument over 14 days that this happened is that we did a good job, then how come you have this poll? The poll shows this. If you want to see the visuals, youtube.com slash Bongino. The bottom line is this. Support for impeachment and removal from office, ladies and gentlemen, has gone down. That is the red line. Yes, for removal. Mm -hmm. Down dramatically. The black line in this is no, we don't support his impeachment removal from office. No, we don't support it. Went up. Come back to me here, please. Up. No, we don't support this. Down. Yes, we support this. One more time for the visuals, for liberals who need the visuals. I know you have the adamantium skulls. Support for impeachment, right? Impeachment and removal from office. It's supposed to go this way, and it went this way. Down. Yes. You get it now? This is not. No bueno. No good. No bueno. This is not working out for you. I don't know who told you this was a good idea. This is not good. Like, I'm not doing an X-Men symbol. It was supposed to go up. It went down. You screwed up. I don't listen to me, Joe. I know you live yes. in Maryland too. You you have more Democrats surrounding you than oh, I do down boy. here in Martin County, Florida. This is a this is a half and half county. I don't care what they're telling you. Hmm? They are lying to save faith. They they face planted in the street and they're now looking around going, did anybody see me? Uh, I hope not. You know what I'm talking about. We've all done it. Sure, man. I did it once. When I was walking on the Queens Queens College campus in the middle of the snowstorm, we had this building, was it Kylie Hall? And I'm walking and it was windows and Paula's looking now. She wants to hear these. I've never told her this story. True story. And Kylie Hall, these windows so they can see outside. And there was a little hill with ice. And there's like 30 students in the classroom and I fall and slide down the whole hill and I wind up right in front of the window. And I'm like, all right, like I'm hoping it's not. I was like looking at the window and I'm like staring in the window like, is this one way glass? And then I'm realizing it's not. And like they can all see me. And I'm like, well, okay, what do you do? You just take it and move on. They're all like. (laughs) And I'm like, what a dope. It's true. That really happened. Slid right down. I'm like, please tell me this is tinted glass. And they can't see you. I'm looking at it like, no, no, we see you. Yeah, you look like a loser. I remember that. <laughs> like it was yesterday. That really happened. And it was a long slide too. It wasn't yeah. like a fall. It was, like, it was like ass, floor, ice, boom, hit brick wall, get up, stare in window. People see you and you think they didn't see you. And then you find out they see you. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. we've all had it. That, yeah. That's a great part of it. That's show. a Listen, good story buddy. though. I've had, I made more <laughs> mistakes in my life. That's what makes me who I am today. All right. I got a lot more to get to. Uh, Let's move on again, folks. Please check out the Bongino Report. We really appreciate it. Make it your homepage, BonginoReport.com, your new conservative alternative to the Drudge Report. You can find out all these stories we put up in the show notes and at Bongino.com are available. Bongino.com is a separate site um, at BonginoReport.com. Go check that out. We really appreciate it. And our show clips channel on YouTube. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at eToro. Folks, here is a, another moment of self-deprecation, a big self-deprecating show here on a, on a Friday. I have always been interested in cryptocurrencies, but I was not sure what the best coins were, what the best trading strategies were. 
Uh, I really, I, I know how they work and I understood the blockchain, but that's great. Like the technical part. I mean, I understand how the Federal Reserve works too. It doesn't mean I necessarily understand the best stock market trades. Are you interested in getting into cryptos too, but you don't know where to start building your portfolio? Not sure about the best strategies? I have the answer for you what I use. It's called Copy Trader by eToro, E-T-O-R-O. What's Copy Trader? What does it do? This is a great idea. Copy Trader, you can automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders at the exact price in real time. No need to study up on markets or develop your own strategies. Hey, listen, copy genius, right? Don't replicate uh, mediocrity. Simply sign up and copy the trader of your choice. Any profits they make, you do too, proportional to your investment. With eToro, you get access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies with transparent trading fees, all in one easy-to-use app unbelievably easy to use. Copy the smart money with eToro. Join now at eToro.com slash Bongino. That's E-T-O-R-O.com slash Bongino. B-O-N-G-I-N-O, my last name. eToro smart crypto trading made super easy. eToro social trading platform is over 11 million traders and facilitates over a trillion in trading volume per year globally. You can access the world's best cryptocurrencies. They have 15 different coins available. They have low and transparent fees. Hey, try before you trade. They have this cool thing, a virtual portfolio with a $100,000 budget. Try it. That way you don't have to lose anything. Try the virtual portfolio. Never miss a trading trend with charts and pricing alerts. And you can try it and find out you're doing pretty good on this. Never miss a trading trend with trades and pricing alerts. Sign up today at eToro.com slash Bongino. That's E-T-O-R-O.com slash Bongino today. Go check it out. Okay. All right. Before we get back to the Spygate unanswered questions and the big uh, Mike Rogers story, which could be enormous, um, there was a great article I saw. Again, you'll see it up at BonginoReport.com today uh, by Herman Cain. Herman Cain is his own website. And he has this article about government spending. Folks, listen, you know I'm a supporter of the president because I think he's been on our side on, on the Second Amendment, the Bill of Rights, Planned Parenthood, uh, on tax cuts, on economic growth regulatory reform and the cutting of government red tape yeah. um, is supporter of religious freedom, but not everything's been perfect in the Trump administration. And one of the things that's totally out of control is government spending. There's this article at Herman Cain.com uh, by Dan Calabrese. The title of it is in the decade now ending the federal government has spent. This is an astonishing number. I want you to digest this headline. So in the past 10 years per household, the federal government has spent $293,000, to be precise, Whoa. per household. That's not the, the podcast tapping out. That's me letting that stew for a moment in your head. I've read a lot of articles on government spending. I got to tell you, this one's short. Again, would be up at BonginoReport.com. Please read. It's really short. But it is worth your time to ground how bad the government debt deficit and spending problem is. I am begging. I mean, I'm beyond begging. I've already, and it's done nothing. Begging the moderate Democrats, Republicans, Tea Partiers, conservatives, libertarians, forget the liberals, they're lost. The president, the administration, anybody in the administration, please. We are staring down the barrel of a firearm getting ready to unleash the largest financial crisis in human history. The impending bankruptcy of the United States. Oh, Dan, that's not going to happen. Stop scaring people. No, folks, it is an absolute mathematical certainty that when you spend money you don't have, and you get to the point where you're not even growing at a rate enough to ever pay that money back, it is a mathematical, arithmetic, logical, tautological certainty that you will go bankrupt. From the Herman Cain piece, maybe this will make sense. How much money the government spends. Last budget that the Senate, uh, the Republican Senate just passed. By the way, the Democrats love this stuff. But that the Republicans are playing along on the Hill and in the Senate is beyond disturbing. From the Herman Cain piece, quote, if you want to simplify it, the government spending, that is, 
we'll call it $29,375 per year. That's fine. I don't know what percentage of your household income that represents. For many people, it would be more than 100%. Keep that up. And remember, this is an upward trajectory from the piece. Get a load of this one. There are 128 million households in the United States. So if you just look at 2019 spending alone, Uncle Sam spent $34,375 per household. According to a site they linked to, that means at least 100% of the annual income of 27.8% of American households. Do you understand that? Put that into context for a moment. 28 out of 100 U.S. households, the government spends per year, if you divvy it per household, every single thing you make. Night. Everything. Over a quarter of U.S. households, the U.S. government takes, because remember, what it spends, it taxes, takes from you and spends everything. 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 Do you understand how much money that is? I I ask this question all the time, and I'm going to ask you now, even for the lunatic liberals who listen. Is there anything in your life, anything, you work harder to support that you get less back from? It's not a It's a serious question. Yeah. I work hard, my wife and I, to support people and things. We support our business. Well, first, we support our children. We help uh, our mother-in-law, my family. We do our we do our business enterprise. We do some charity. What else do we do? Some neighborhood stuff. You know, we have entertainment. We do some social life stuff. You know, movies, some yeah. adult sodas once in a while. Maybe we need to do canon read for that one. But we spend money on a lot of things. We spend money that we earn. Now, folks. I spend money to support my children. They come first and my family. I don't spend anywhere close, anywhere close to what I spend on my children, what I spend on taxes. Paula would kill me, so I'm not going to give you the amount, but Mm -hmm. because of our business, we do our taxes early. And we had a call with our accountant recently who gave us our tax bill for this year. Paula would seriously jump on this camera right now and do like a rear naked death choke on me. If I told you what the bill was, all I'm going to tell you is this. I could probably support six or seven new business enterprises easily with my tax bill. In other words, I could have spent it on other businesses, but I'm now giving it to the government. It is a multiple of about 10 or 20 of what I spend on my own kids. I will guarantee you, regardless of your income, that you probably say the same thing. That your tax bill, what you pay to the government taxes, is probably a multiple of 2 to 10 of what you spend on your own kids. Is there anything in your life, again, I will ask you, you work harder for, that you get less from in return? Oh, hell no. You're damn right. What are you getting from this? Okay, I'll give you the easy ones. We need our military. No question about it. We have real legitimate threats. Terrorism, the psychopaths of North Korea, you know, Russian incursion. I mean, we need our military. We need a good one. Okay. Willing to finance that. All right. Certainly doesn't cost you as much as money as I think we I think we could be more efficient with our money. Good court system. At the local level, law enforcement, I'm not so convinced anymore after the debacle. We need a federal law enforcement infrastructure after the disaster we've just seen. But you're telling me I should work 55% of the time for that? When we can do it more efficiently than even what we're spending now. Folks, this is insane. This is insane. We are looking at a guaranteed national bankruptcy. 
I don't, I get the email. Listen, I get it. My life has been economics and finance. I understand. I don't claim to be the guru in any, I get brilliant emails from people who are very smart in finance and economics, and I love them. Keep them coming. I take them all in. I read them. Those are the most fascinating ones. You all make great points, and I love your emails. But a lot of people have emailed me with a lot of good, solid, intellectual, knowledge-based material on file. Oh, we're not going to go bankrupt, and here's what. Ladies and gentlemen, that is insane. We will either go bankrupt because we will monetize our debt, or we will go bankrupt because we refuse to pay it. There is no option C. There is no option C. If, if we don't get a lid on this right now, I know it's falling on deaf ears. I know. But just like, this is why I covered this story here. Just like the Russian collusion hoaxers. I'm talking to the Republicans, the moderate Democrats, and even the conservatives out there who claim they care about this. History is not going to be kind to you if you don't change course now, because we will go bankrupt. There is no question about that. If you don't change course now, we will go bankrupt. And there will be a time when history turns on you too. And history will blame you for what you did. You signed those spending bills. It's your names on it. You voted for it. You'll have no way out. $34,000 on average per household in taxes. You understand that? The average American, you're working. You're working to make 40 to 50K a year to give 34,000 on average to the government. Does that hit you yet? Are you really getting 34,000 in services in return? <sighs> All right, let's get to some of the Spygate stuff because this is fascinating. You know what? I want to run through this. So let me just get to our, our final sponsor of the day. Sometimes I alternate where I place the sponsors in the show because of the flow of the show, but I appreciate our sponsors being here and I always appreciate your attention. They're really good. They keep the show free for you. This is a great sponsor we really love. Simply Safe. Listen, I want to re remind my listeners. Uh, Simply Safe's huge holiday offer is here. It's their biggest sale of the year, folks. We have Simply Safe in our house. If you've ever, if you're a friend of mine, listen, you've been to my house, you've seen it. If you're looking to fully protect your home with award-winning, 24/7 home security, now is the time to do it. Do you know this burglary spike during the holiday season? New gifts, expensive gifts around the house. People see the boxes out front, the recycling boxes. What happens? Families travel, they leave empty homes and expensive gifts behind. Simply Safe's holiday sale couldn't come at a better time to ensure you're not a victim of one of these people looking to take advantage. Simply Safe has everything you need to protect your home and family. There's a smart lock and video doorbell pro to defend your front door. We'd love it. An army of sensors and cameras that guards every door and a room in your home. The app is super easy to use. Before I come into my studio, which we have alarmed every morning, I punch up the app. Mm, alarm off. Super easy. There's a break-in. They can give you real-time video confirmation to the police as it happens, so police respond up to 3.5 times faster. We love Simply Safe here. It's no surprise that Simply Safe has won CNET and PC Magazine's Editor's Choice Awards. Simply Safe made a holiday offer with our, uh, with our listeners in mind, but it ends December 31st. They rarely do deals this big, folks. This is the time. Visit Simply Safe. That's simply with an I, S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com slash Dan Bongino to find out just how much you'll save. And remember, the sale ends December 31st. Go today. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. My first and last name, simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Don't wait. Very easy to set up. I recommend it. I really love their system. Super easy to use. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Okay. Um, wh where is this coming from, this Spygate stuff. I don't just randomly do segments. I mean, it was a bit of a slow news day. And Paula's like, I hate these slow news days because you send me so much <laughs> on slow news days. That's when I get the chance to let my mind wander a bit <laughs> yeah. about topics that are more evergreen. Well, I saw this story this morning at the Washington Examiner about uh, Mike, uh, Mike Rogers and him talking to John Durham. And I thought, oh boy, is this one worth addressing in the context of a larger story. The larger story I want to talk about is now that we have the IG report and the Durham report coming out, there are still unanswered questions here. And Rogers is a big part of one of them. 
So before we get to Mike Rogers and the examiner thing, I want to discuss one other unanswered big. I'm talking about the, there's a lot of unanswered questions about Spygate. I'm talking about the big stuff here. And this, again, this is the benefit of the show notes. If you go to them, we discuss articles, again, that are older, that are now relevant again today. One of the big open sores in Spygate, I have not been able to get to the bottom of. And I have some ideas, and I've been pointed in a direction recently by some sources that I'm going to... All right, I'll get to that in a second. Let me just put up the Epic Times article that described this. Remember, unanswered questions about Spygate. Hopefully, we'll get to the bottom of the next few months. Jeff Carlson, who I have great respect for, has a piece I will have in the show notes today. It's from October of 2018. But again, it's worth your time. Again, in context of Mike Rogers, NSA director, former NSA director, now talking. Mm-hmm. Will he answer this question? Headline. NSA director Mike Rogers disclosed the FISA abuse days after the Carter Page warrant was issued. Folks, this is a great, great piece worth your rereading today and why. There were, there's a big takeaway from this. Mike Rogers, who was the former head of the National Security Administration, the NSA, the big spy apparatus we have. Rogers, days after, conveniently days after the first warrant in October to spy on Carter Page, former Trump campaign team member, which I believe was a proxy attempt to try on the Trump, spy on the Trump campaign. Rogers, seemingly out of the blue, airs a warning about the abuses of, of the, the FISA, uh, FISA Act and people spying in the government on others. But there's this one thing that jumps out in the FISA report issued afterwards. Put up the screenshot number one from the Carlson piece. This is fascinating. I'm going to quote. I'm going to quote from it. On March 9th, 2016, the Department of Justice oversight personnel learned, listen to this, that the FBI had been employing outside contractors who had access to raw Section 702 FISA data and retained that access after their work for the FBI was completed. The information was disclosed on a FISA court ruling. You can look it up yourself, folks. Just Google FISA court ruling April 26, 2017. It was declassified by the follow uh, the DNI uh, National Intelligence, uh, excuse me, Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coates. What's the takeaway there? In light of yesterday's story, explosive story, which we addressed in light of what's going on about the CIA potentially moving information from the NSA's cloud into the CIA cloud where they could obfuscate the audit trail. If you missed yesterday's show, you missed the big, it did crazy numbers yeah, for a yeah. Thursday during Christmas week. And I think yeah. that was why. Watch yesterday's show. I can't relitigate it, but it's about the CIA wiping clean their footprints on how they spied on people and how they did it, taking information from the NSA cloud. But now, why am I bringing this up today? We know Rogers is talking. Now we know that apparently there were abuses of the NSA database too by FBI contractors. So what's the unanswered question you ask? Well, put up screenshot number two and we'll hit it. Quote from the Epic Times piece. This wasn't an isolated incident talking about access in the NSA database and the (laughs) improper access granted to outside contractors. Listen, here's a quote. Seems to have been the result of deliberate decision making. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, it was done on purpose. This was not a mistake. The FISA court noted, quote, the FBI's apparent disregard of minimization rules and questioned whether the FBI may be engaging in similar disclosures of raw Section 702 information that may not have been reported. Folks, the unanswered question here is who the hell were those contractors? So now we know if you listen to yesterday's show, but we highly suspect that Brennan may be in trouble. Because the information may have been reload from the N- relocated from the NSA database to the CIA cloud where the audit trail could have been wiped clean or made more opaque so that no one would see the footprints of what they did when they spied on you using the metadata. Right. A government database. It's a fancy way of saying that. But now we know, and we have known for a long time, according to the FISA court's own internal analysis here in that April 26 report, that the NSA's database, too, was being queried by contractors the FBI was paying that were deliberately abusing the database to search for things and people and queries? Who were those contractors that the FBI was working with? 
I've got a lead on this. I'm hesitant to put out, but I'll give you a hint because I'm not sure. And I'm looking for triple backup on it. Unlike Roswell, Rachel, Rachel Maddow, who would just say uh, random thoughts that came into her head and express them as facts. I'm afraid that they're going to use this contractor label. In other words, the contractors did it as an out. Uh, Joe, follow me here. Yeah. What? Okay. In other words, if those, it, let's say those contractors had something to do with foreign intelligence services mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the foreign intelligence services are going to be given an out for diplomacy purposes mm -hmm. and are going to be disguised as contractors. Hmm. You don't get that. I get it. When Durham's report comes out, I want to be sure that the American people know the truth. If foreign countries were spying on Trump's campaign nice. at the behest of the Obama administration, I want to know about it. And what I'm afraid of is that contractor label is going to be slapped on entities okay. all over the place to disguise who they really were. Gotcha. So that the American people don't know the full truth. And the reason given is going to be well, you know, for diplomatic reasons, we don't want to embarrass these foreign countries. Yeah. No, no, we need to embarrass them. They embarrassed us. Identity laundering, more or less. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. You, you're good. You, you. Yeah. you're good. Identity <laughs> laundering. Very well said. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. Right. I'm going to pretend Joe didn't say it. It's like identity <laughs> laundering. Cool. Come on. I'm kidding, of course. That's a brilliant line. Identity laundering for the same reason the information was laundered under Steele. They laundered Steele's information. To pretend it came from Russian sources so it looked real. Nice. It was all BS, folks. The identity laundering and the use of the term contractor may be used to clean the identity of where it originated. So for diplomatic reasons, we don't expose the identities of yeah. foreign countries that may have been spying on our own election for the Obama administration. Huge, huge unanswered question. Wow. Now, some of those contractors, I'm sure, were legit contractors, too. Legit, meaning that they were contractors. I'm just afraid the label is going to be used for other things, too. Right, right. But who were those contractors? Again, I have some ideas on that. God forbid one of those contractors, by the way, was Fusion or CrowdStrike. Imagine <laughs> if that came up. <laughs> the CrowdStrike. Can you imagine that if that came out? Ooh, that would be ugly. All right. Um, another one, hat tip Adam Baldwin, by the way, uh, actor. I, oh, I love Adam. He's really great. I was, I was scrolling through Twitter this morning when I show prep. I go through Twitter, see what people are talking about. And he pulled up this gem out of the IG report with some highlights in it. Here's a photo of the IG report. Remember, we're talking about unanswered questions. The first mm -hmm. unanswered question was what I just told you. Who were the contractors? Were they foreign governments? Was it Fusion? Was it CrowdStrike? Big open question. The second open question, how much did Obama know? I think this section of the IG report I'm going to read to you now answers, Obama knew a whole lot, folks. So there's this part of the IG report where they're talking about the ICA, the intelligence community assessment after the election. Remember, 17 mm -hmm. intelligence agencies, the Russians hacked the election for Trump, what Devin Nunes calls Obama's dossier. They're talking about this, and this here's a quote from the IG report when they're talking about the internal deliberations about what to include. Quote, the intel section chief said that Andy McCabe, former deputy director of the FBI, understood President Obama's request for the ICA to require the participating agencies to share all information relevant to Russia and the 2016 elections. And the Steele election reporting qualified at a minimum due to concerns over possible Russian attempts to blackmail Trump. Look at this gem in the IG report. We covered this before, but it's worth covering again now. Uh oh, I just closed my fingers in a circle. Uh oh, oh, we go. <laughs> Leftist media. Take that I, I'm, out. I'm not Take dead serious. Oh, you can't do that. You can't even make like the small sign anymore because if your fingers connect, you're like, it's a white power symbol. <laughs> this is like how crazy of a world we live in now. I swear. I just did something. Don't, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. It's on camera. Oh, lunatics. <laughs> well, Joy Reid will be talking about it. Says, Look at this guy on the Dan Bongino show. <laughs> Folks, this is serious stuff. Getting back oh, yeah. to the point here. How much did Obama know? So, ladies and gentlemen, if Andy McCabe understood Obama's instructions, including that 17 intel agencies agree 
the Russians tried to interfere in the election at the behest of Trump, which was Obama's dossier. There's no question the Russians interfered. But to help Trump, that was beyond speculation. They only did that to nail Trump to the wall. It was Obama's dossier. McCabe understood that to mean include the steel stuff. But how did Obama know about the steel stuff? I thought he didn't know. Folks, this is a gem from the IG report. Again, hat tip Adam Baldwin. Nice work. A gem. I think we covered that one before. But again, unanswered questions that I think we reasonably know the answer to. We're talking about the big ones. Who the hell were the contractors that were accessing the NSA database at the request of the FBI deliberately? It better not be foreign governments. And how much exactly did Barack Obama know? Because it appears the deputy director of the FBI, it appears he's saying in this thing that Obama knew a whole lot because that's what he understood it to mean. Now, here comes the big one. I kind of opened the segment with this, this Washington Examiner report. This is why I thought of this this morning. So Mike Rogers, ladies and gentlemen, is talking, former NSA director and folks, I, although maybe not the most important open question, I'm going to tell you candidly, I have been raging an internal battle with this for a long time. Here's a story by Jerry Dunleavy, excellent reporter at the Washington Examiner. Again, be at BonginoReport.com and at the show notes today. John Durham, of course, is investigating this for uh, the, the Attorney General, Bill Barr. John Durham interviewing former NSA leader Mike Rogers who alerted the court of other FISA abuses. This is a recent, this just came out, uh, this was yesterday's piece, December 26, 2019. Folks, what the heck is Mike Rogers saying? I have been, again, I'm just being canned. There's a moment of, this is a business self-deprecating show today. Folks, I was absolutely confident based on some sourcing that Rogers, Mike Rogers, former NSA head, was the hero in this story. I'm not saying he's not. But it's only fair for me, unlike Roswell, Rachel, and Chuck Todd and Stelter, in light of new information, to reevaluate where we were. And if you think you were wrong, you better damn well tell your audience. The answer is, I'm not sure I was wrong, but I'm not sure I was right either. I am honestly not sure anymore how much of a good guy Mike Rogers is. You may say, well, why, why, Dan? I don't get it. You, you've been telling us for a while that he was yeah. he's the white knight in this story. Yeah, where are you going with this, man? A new source has emerged, a credible one, very credible. I mean, access, I'll leave it at that. Who has suggested to me that Rogers isn't a bad guy in the story, but he's not the good guy you may think. In other words, he wasn't the Paul Revere everybody thinks he is. That it may, This is him talking that it may have been a face-saving measure more than an effort to do the right thing. Do you get that? Yeah. I'm going to leave mm -hmm. that there. But I am going to tell you what has been bothering me about Rogers and what Rogers could possibly be talking about. But to do that, we have to go back a little bit and retell the story I've told many times. And by the way, that features prominently in my book, Spygate and my book, Exonerated. Okay. Pick those up if you haven't yet. We'd appreciate it. Let's go back in time. Again, we're talking about Mike Rogers, good guy, bad guy, or medium guy. Let's go back to this NPR piece from a long NPR. This will not be at BonginoReport.com because we don't promote NPR, but it's an older piece and it's worth addressing. Look at the date on this. November 22nd, 2016. NPR. NSA head Mike Rogers meets with Trump team but doesn't give Obama a heads up. Folks, look at the date. The date is the headline. The elections in the first, uh, excuse me, the, the, uh, the, first, the second Tuesday in November. This is about a little over, uh, what, 14 days later? November 22nd, 2016. It's right after the election. Trump is the president-elect. Obama's still in office, but he's won the election, Trump. NPR's reporting that Mike Rogers, who works for the Obama administration, he's still the president, Obama. Right. Makes an unscheduled, at least with the Obama administration, trip up the Trump Tower and doesn't give Obama a heads up. Why would he do that? Well, for those of you who read Spygate and Exonerated, you might know the story or think you know the story. What happens right after that trip? 
So again, we're talking about just a couple weeks later, after the election, NPR is reporting that the trip that happened on November 17th, just 10 days after the election, right? They're putting, he didn't, give a, he didn't give the Obama team a heads up, Mike Rogers. Why would he not do that? Seems kind of odd, considering he's still working for the Obama administration. Let's look at this New York Times piece. 2016, this is just a couple days after the meeting, November 19th. Obama is considering removing NSA leader, Mike Rogers. So the meeting happens on November 17th. It's unplanned with the Obama administration. He doesn't tell the Obama administration, Rogers. And two days after the meeting, the New York Times, through their deep state leakers, reports that Obama, keep in mind, this is the outgoing lame duck two-term president. He's leaving in a little over two months. I mean, a little under two months, excuse me. He's leaving. He's all of a sudden wants to fire Mike Rogers two days after the meeting. Why? Why? Why would he do that? Let's put up another story from the Washington Times and we can tie this little cornucopia of information together. Washington Times by S.A. Miller. Thursday, November 17, 2016. Thursday, November 17, 2016. Mm -hmm. The exact date Mike Rogers goes up to Trump Tower NSA director doesn't tell the Obama administration and the Obama administration wants to fire him because of it. The exact date he has this meeting with Trump. Headline, Donald Trump moves transition meetings to private club in New Jersey from Trump Tower. Folks, what the heck did Mike Rogers tell Donald Trump in that meeting? President-elect Donald Trump. Did he expose this whole scandal to him? Some sourcing of mine indicates, yes, he did. And it fits because why wait? It's about 10 days after the election. Trump wins. He's the president-elect. Again, Rogers still works for Obama. Doesn't tell Obama. Takes this secret trip up the Trump Tower. Ah, it's secret, so many people saw it, but doesn't tell Obama about it. Obama wants to fire him because of it. And immediately after the trip, Trump leaves Trump Tower. Right around that time, a little bit later, after this is after this, but Trump puts that tweet out about my lines were bugged, the Trump Tower yeah. was bugged. What was said in that meeting? Again, we're talking about the greatest unanswered questions and the biggest scandal in American history. Who the hell were the contractors? How much did Obama know? I think all of it. And what did Rogers tell Trump during that meeting that caused him to leave so quickly? It's 10 days. My experience through presidential transitions in my prior line of work as a Secret Service agent is it takes about that amount of time to get in, maybe a little less, to get a communication, secure communications infrastructure in there at the president-elect level. Were they waiting for secure comms? Was Rogers waiting for them to set something up so he could speak securely with the president? Was he afraid who was listening? Was mm. Trump afraid of who was listening? That's why they left to go to New Jersey yeah. right after the meeting. Might have told him to call working, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. Wasn't that a commercial once? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did Rogers tell him? We can surmise, based on decent sourcing at this point, that Rogers told him something about what happened in Spygate. Yeah. The question is how much. And the question of how much will determine if Rogers is the white knight and the hero of this story or just a guy who was attempting to with CYA knowing that he was going to be part on the totem pole of history. If he didn't save himself now, he was going to be part of the spy apparatus and the biggest spying scandal in human history. What did he tell Donald Trump? Ladies and gentlemen, we'll find out soon, won't we? Because the Durham report, he's cooperating. Let's see exactly what he said. And of course, here is where you'll get all the information first. You always That's why we do the show in the morning. All right, let me give you another um, story here. One last story, Breitbart. And I only put this up because I know people ask me why I didn't cover it. Folks, I didn't cover it because this is old news. 
I wrote about it and exonerated my latest book extensively. And in my book two years ago, Spygate. You have Amazon gift cards. Pick them up. You can read about it. We wrote the book two and a half years ago. Me, uh, DC, and Matt Palumbo. Breitbart article. John McCain. IG report reveals steel funneled claims through John McCain after FBI dropped him by Aaron Klein, December 26, 2019. Again, I, I know I'll get... It's the only reason I'm even putting this headline up is because I know I'll get emails. How could you not cover John McCain had a role in passing the dossier to the FBI after they fired Steele? Because, folks, I wrote about it yeah. literally three years ago. It's in the book. I'm just telling you now that the stuff you're coming out in the IG report, you're way ahead of the game. We've been talking about this on the show forever. Yeah, man. God rest the man's soul. I don't speak ill of the dead. But again, we need accountability. And it's clear John McCain and his associate David Kramer were involved with the funneling of steel information, steel dossiers, and steel claims into the FBI to start the biggest spying scandal in U.S. history. That's the story. Period. Full stop. Now we know. But you already knew. I'm just bringing it up. I'll put that story again in the show notes. You can read it if you want to rehash of, again, stuff we've already discussed. Hey, one last thing. I wasn't going to get this, but just throw this up yesterday as a follow-up on yesterday's story. On just a side note, folks, the Democrats have lost it. This Daily Caller story, though, keep your eye on this, folks. This is going to go nationwide. Luke Rosiak, great story in the Daily Caller, again, up at BonginoReport.com and elsewhere. Democrats seek to outlaw suburban single-family house zoning. Calling it racist and bad for the environment. Folks, listen to me. I'm going to put up a quick snippet from this piece in a moment. But if you live in the burbs and you worked your whole life to get your white picket fence, your dog, your two and a half kids to get a nice house, to get away from it all, finally to live in a nice, safe, secure area with good schools and you worked your butt off like me and my wife did. My wife grew up in Pablo Escobar's Colombia. I grew up on top of a bar at 64th Place in Myrtle Avenue. That closed down because we, you know, my family went bankrupt, eating bologna sandwiches for dinner. My wife had it a lot harder. We worked hard to get where we were. We make no apologies. We escaped to the suburbs because we wanted a suburban life for our kids. And I make no apologies for it. And if you don't like it, you can plant your lips on my caboose because I don't care. And you know what? You out there who worked your ass off too to get a nice house for your kids growing up tough, they can plant a big wet one on your ass too because I'm not apologizing for anything. But the Democrats want to rip that all apart. No, no, no. I see you taking notes. No, no, no. She don't cut that out. She's taking notes because you no, 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 bloop that. No blooper, bleeper, blooper thingies. Ass will stay in this one because they deserve it. I see her. She's like this. Let me do Paula. She's not. 5743. No, no, no. No, no. Producer Drew, who produces the video. Joe can hear it because he's here. Drew gets yeah. it later. Do not cut the ass out of that. The ass will stay in that. Got it, Drew? Joe hears it live. Drew yeah. gets it later. I'll be very mad if you cut that or bleep that out. They can plan a wet one. You worked your butt off for that. Pun intended. And the Democrats of Virginia are trying to rip that apart. Because, of course, you're a racist. Look at this piece from, uh, from Luke Rosiak. I want you to read this. This is amazing. This is a delegate. What's his name here? Ibrahim uh, Samira. Forgive me if I'm saying the name wrong. This is a, a Virginia delegate, a leftist. Single family housing zones would become two zone, delegate Samira told the Daily Caller. Areas that would be impacted most would be the suburbs that have not done their part in helping out. <laughs> we haven't done our part. Did you see my tax bill, you nutbag? You have any idea what I help out? Helping out? Pay more in taxes than they, they pay you for your, for your delegacy. Delegate Samira left this goes on. The real issues, you're the issue, folks, by the way, is the areas in between dense areas, which are single family zones. Those are the areas that the state is having significant trouble in dealing with. This is you in the suburbs. They're having significant trouble dealing with you. He says, you're living in a bubble, Delegate Samira said. Get a load of this one. He said the suburbs were mostly white and wealthy. Oh, here we go again. Uh, get that off there. I can't even. Again, folks. The Democrats. You understand this will never stop. They will never get out of your way. They will never get out of your wallet. They will never get out of your house. They will never get out of your health care. They will never get out of your kid's school. 
they will never, ever leave you alone. They are a speed bump on the highway of life every single time. And this is the kind of crap you're voting for. You busted your hump your entire life to go buy a nice house in the suburbs for you and your kids. And now you're a racist white person who's living in a bubble. And you're the problem that has to be, quote, dealt with. So they want to plant a bunch of low-income housing in your neighborhood because you worked hard your entire life, probably to get out of some low-income housing you lived in yourself. They want to put that right next to you. Keep in mind, Delegate Samira won't live there. Unreal. All right, folks, thanks again for another great week. Even uh, despite the Christmas week, the show did great. We are getting tons of new subscribers on our YouTube channels now. Um, YouTube.com slash Bongino is our primary channel. Please subscribe. I humbly ask. Uh, We're trying to get the 400,000 subscribers. We're almost there. And then YouTube.com slash Dan Bongino show clips is our show clips channel. You can get clips of the show broken down in easily digestible formats. Uh, Joe and Drew work really hard. Joe does a lot of the audio clips that we put on Instagram. Drew does that. And they work really hard. Go check out their work on Instagram and on our show clips channel. We really appreciate it. Thanks for everything, folks. Really appreciate it. I'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.